Good morning. I'd like to welcome everyone to worship. Thank you for coming out in this challenging weather. A few announcements. Kids Against Hunger, we had over 250 uh, volunteers working. Yeah, over 38,000 meals. And since we've been doing Kids Against Hunger, we have packed over 450,000 meals. So, yeah, now. Uh. Lent is around the corner, and more important than sermon themes is our lunches and dinners. So if you want to help prepare lunch or dinner or be in charge of a lunch and dinner, just check out the announcements. Also, a relationship workshop February 3rd and 10th, and child care is provided. February 11th, Faithful Friends, they're doing a presentation on planning a Christian funeral. And youth group tonight, Bible study, and then they have a winter retreat February 9th through the 10th. Women's ministry is Bunko Night coming up February 9th, and Daddy Daughter Dance February 10th. We also welcome our guest, a special violinist, uh, Melody, to being with us today, and she is going to play the theme to uh, Schindler's List. And this is in memory of yesterday was the uh, Holocaust Remembrance Day. Redeemer is sending $1,000 in recognition of that day to Samaritan's Purse to help the people of Israel. That is your money out of um, our mission. But if you'd like to contribute more, just please indicate on your gift where you want it to go. We rise for opening hymn.
make our beginning in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit. Invite the children for the children's message. Good morning. Oh, let's get the congregation to help. Good morning. Great. You know, certain times of year, certain seasons, people will say something to you. Like, you go to the store and the cashier, and when you're leaving, they might say, Merry Christmas, because it's Christmas time. And you say, Merry Christmas. And then there's another season when it's New Year's. They'll say, Happy New Year, and you'll say, Happy New Year. Well, I am hearing something that I've never heard at this time of year, ever. You know what I'm hearing? Go Lions! Yeah. yeah! Wow, go Lions! I've never heard that this time of year. And it's so exciting. You gonna watch the game today? Yeah! I hope they win. But somebody's gonna lose, right? I hope it's not us. You know, it's hard to lose. You always like to win. Somebody once told me when you're in a, like a race against other people, if you come in second, you think that's pretty good, but this person told me, you're the first one to lose. <laughs> Sometimes we don't win, many times we lose. Pastor Ferry yesterday, he gave a presentation talking about life changes, and he said what's most important throughout our life is to remember who we are, children of God. And whether you win or lose, you're a child of God. You know, when Jesus was nailed to the cross, it looked like he lost, but he didn't. He had to die to defeat the enemy, and who's the enemy? Death. And when he came back to life on Easter morning, he was a winner, and we're winners too. So guess what? You're going to get this cool necklace to wear. It says winner, and it's got stars on it, and on the back has a big star, and then it says made in China. The Old Testament reading for today is taken from the book of Numbers, chapter 14, verses 20 through 24 and 36 through 37. The Lord replied, 
I have forgiven them, as you asked. Nevertheless, as surely as I live, and as surely as the glory of the Lord fills the whole earth, not one of those who saw my glory and the signs I performed in Egypt and in the wilderness, but who disobeyed me and tested me ten times, not one of them will ever see the land I promised on oath to their ancestors. No one who has treated me with contempt will ever see it. But because my servant Caleb has a different spirit and follows me wholeheartedly, I will bring him into the land he went to, and his descendants will inherit it. So the men Moses had sent to explore the land, who returned and made the whole community grumble against him by spreading a bad report about it. These men, who were responsible for spreading the bad report about the land, were struck down and died of a plague before the Lord. Here ends the Old Testament reading. The epistle reading for today is taken from the book of James, chapter 3, verses 1 through 12. Not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. Here ends the epistle reading.
for the reading of the Holy Gospel. Our Holy Gospel reading this morning is from Matthew 15, verses 1 through 20. Then some Pharisees 
and teachers of the law came to Jesus from Jerusalem and asked, why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? They don't wash their hands before they eat. Jesus replied, and why do you break the command of God for the sake of your tradition? For God said, honor your father and mother, and anyone who curses their father or mother is to be put to death. But you say that if anyone declares that what might have been used to help their father or mother is devoted to God, they are not to honor their father or mother with it. Thus you nullify the word of God for the sake of your tradition. You hypocrites, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. Jesus called the crowd to him and said, Listen and understand. What goes into someone's mouth does not defile them, but what comes out of their mouth, that is what defiles them. Then the disciples came to him and asked, Do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this? He replied, Every plant that my heavenly Father has not planted will be pulled up by the roots. Leave them. They are blind guides. If the blind lead the blind, both will fall into a pit. Peter said, Explain the parable to us. Are you still so dull? Jesus asked them. Don't, don't you see that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and then out of the body? But the things that come out of a person's mouth come from the heart, and these defile them. For out of the heart comes evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. These are what defile a person, but eating with unwashed hands does not defile them. Here ends our Holy Gospel reading.
grace, mercy be on you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So, you know, if you give me a gift, I'm not going to send you a thank you note. I'll figure out how to use it to serve. So, some time ago, somebody gave me this coffee mug, and it says, Pastor, warning, anything you say or do could be used in a sermon. <laughs> Thought that was humorous. I'm sorry, I forgot who gave it to me, but thank you. <laughs> then the Binkowskis on my birthday, guess what? They gave me another coffee mug with the same thing on it. And then my small group Bible study just recently gave me a shirt with it on and a baseball cap. Enough already, okay? You know, I see the school teachers when we have our rummage sale, they dump all the mugs they get from their kids. Now, I can't do that because somebody might see the gift they gave to me. So I drop them off at the Methodist rummage sale. Well, since I'm being so encouraged to tell a story of somebody talking and things I heard, I thought I'll share this story with you. One of our members, he was at work one day, and there's a big work area, and um, he had to go to a conference, but he left his phone on his desk. Now, I don't know how long this meeting was, but somebody was texting him over and over and over again. Now, this person, he likes putting uh, certain sounds to certain people when he, you text or call. It was his wife. He came out of the meeting and all his coworkers are going. <laughs> it's fun to tell stories, isn't it? It's fun to gossip. We love to gossip. There's something about it. Gets our heart going, our heart rate, whether we're telling it or listening. I love James's use of metaphors today in the epistle lesson. He talks about a giant ship and yet a little rudder steer. A big animal, a horse, yet a little bit in that mouth directs it. He's saying those little things make the path of where you're going. Then he said the tongue, that a little two-ounce muscle can direct your path in a way you don't want to go. Look at social media. I mean, it's different than saying something. It's there, and it's there forever. You could lose your job for some of the things you put out there. Maybe you didn't get a job because of some of the things you have out there. The use of your tongue is so powerful when he says anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, it's not a good rendering. The NIV does not do a good rendering of the Greek there. He's not saying perfect. The word that should be there is mature. As you grow and mature, you learn self-control, self-discipline. And he's saying the Christian too. The mature Christian should have enough self-discipline to hold their tongue even when they're tempted to share something. He connects the tongue to a little spark that creates a giant forest fire. And he eventually says that fire is of hell. That's Satan. 
That's Satan's tool right there. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. Wasn't that something? Maybe you've experienced it. Gone to church, praise God. Before you even pull out of the parking lot, you're talking about something you learned at coffee hour about somebody else. You can't help it. Or so you think. Someone once wrote, who am I? I have no respect for justice. I maim without killing. I break hearts and ruin lives. I am cruel and malicious and gather strength with age. The more I am quoted, the more I am believed. I flourish at every level of society. My victims are helpless. They cannot protect themselves against me because I have no name and no face. To track me down is impossible. The harder you try, the more elusive I become. I'm nobody's friend. Once I tarnish a reputation, it's never the same. I topple governments and ruin marriages. I destroy careers and cause heartache and sleepless nights. I wreck churches and separate Christians. I spawn suspicion and generate grief, make innocent people cry on their pillows. Even my name hisses. I am gossip. Powerful words. Powerful words. And I think sometimes, somebody said after church, you know, it just, what a great reminder, and I do probably talk about gossip almost once a year, what a great reminder because we just fall into the pattern. We forget that we're talking about people made in the image of God. You ever ask yourself when you're talking about somebody, would I say this about this person if they were standing with me also? It's like assassination from afar. Listen to Solomon from Proverbs. The words of a gossip are like choice morsels that go down to the innermost soul. Isn't that true? They're choice morsels. We love eating those. Solomon also said to answer before li listening, that is folly and shame. He also wrote in a lawsuit, the first to speak seems right until someone comes forward and cross-examines. I love that one. A perverse person stirs up conflict and a gossip separate close friends. How true that is. Maybe you've experienced that. Maybe it was your gossip and your talk that separated you from your friend because of what you said about them. Maybe your child or children, maybe you can remember as a child, coming home from school, maybe with tears in your eyes because people were talking about you, saying mean things. Whoever would foster love covers up over an offense, but whoever repeats the matter separates close friends. I just read that one, didn't I? Sorry, third time around. <laughs> On a tombstone in uh, England, it says these words. Beneath this stone, a lump of clay, lies Arabella Young, who on the 24th of May began to hold her tongue. I wonder if her husband wrote that. Now, sometimes we can't walk away from somebody gossiping and telling us a story. Sometimes we're stuck to listen. But what do you do with that story? Solomon tells us, without wood, a fire goes out. Without a gossip, a quarrel dies down. 
As charcoal to embers and as wood to fire, so is a quarrelsome person for kindling strife. What great words of advice. Okay, somebody gave you a story. To share it, to throw wood on the fire. If you wouldn't say it in front of that person, you probably shouldn't be saying it. Even if it's true, you have to ask yourself, is this my story? And if it were your story, would you want somebody telling your story? Paul, he's talking about unbelievers. They have become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, and depravity. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. They are gossips, slanderers, God-haters. Why do we take on a characteristic of unbelievers? Why do we fall into that trap? Solomon, a gossip betrays a confidence, so avoid anyone who talks too much. You know those people who talk too much? Always talking about somebody else. Maybe you're that person. Who knows? I don't know. You know, I, I get to hear a lot of stories. Confessions. I have to admit, when I was younger, you know, you, at your ordination, you promised not to share those stories. I remember we had um, Jeff Jones. He moved away, but his son still attends here. But Jeff Jones came in, and he's a lawyer. He came in and talked to a group of clergy, the Birmingham circuit. And he called us secret keepers or professional secret keepers. And it's true. But I have to tell you, at the beginning, those stories, you know how they can just get you going, you know? You just, ooh, I wish I could share this story. But at some point in my life, I don't care about the story. And nothing shocks me anymore. And I rarely connect that person with the story after they tell me. It just... I'm broken, they're broken, you're broken. Life is messy. First Timothy, uh, Paul's writing to Timothy, a young pastor. He's talking about congregations. Besides, they get into the, this is some of the behavior of the members in the congregation. Besides, they get into the habit of being idle and going about from house to house. And not only do they become idlers, but also busy bodies who talk nonsense, saying things they ought not to. Paul, writing to the Corinthian congregation, for I am afraid that when I come, I may not find you as I want you to be, and you may not find me as you want me to be. I fear that there may be discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, slander, gossip, arrogance, and disorder. You know how many congregations are marked with those traits? I've been here 25 years. Pastor Wugazer before me, 30 years. His father, 30 years. That says something about this congregation, the character of this congregation. I like to think we're pretty mature in the Christian faith, especially when it comes to gossip. Our Old Testament lesson for today, why did I choose that? Twelve spies went into the promised land. 
God had promised his people that they would be victorious. The 12 spies come back, but 10 give a negative report. We look like grasshoppers in their eyes. There's no way we can win. Oh, you know how easy fear spreads. And they turn the hearts of the people away from God and his promise. Joshua and Caleb are two of the 12 spies. They come back with a positive report, with confidence in God. Do you know why the children of Israel spent 40 years in the wilderness? It's because of this story. This situation of 10 people giving a bad report and swaying, you could say they're like a congregation, swaying the heart of a congregation. But Joshua and Caleb, everybody else dies. Those two get to live and enter the promised land because they trusted in God. Many things can divide a congregation. And we are so blessed here at Redeemer you know, I would just, I, I talk to other pastors, I talk to people who transfer to here. There's horror stories about congregations. They're far from being families. They're far from sharing love. Someone once said, that the Christians, they're the only ones that shoot their own soldiers. We're blessed. You know, you want to know how blessed we are. Get, get a testimonial from Steve Seagraves, our music director, or Rick Helderop, our organist. They've been in enough congregations. We have something special here. And we've gone through two major building programs. It only takes a few to spread a bad report and fear like fire. But look, we made it through with peace, love, and charity. So what should we do? Ephesians 4.29, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building up others according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. He's talking about words. He's talking about the power of words. And to build up, not according to your need, but their need. If you're like me, If somebody in your past has spoken something critical of you or said something behind your back and it got to you, back to you, and it wasn't good, you probably remember those words, don't you? And you remember the person who said it. You carry it around. Those words so often haunt you, don't they? You can't shake them. I was in fifth or sixth grade. We're in the gym, we're dividing teams, there's two captains. I was always picked near the end. Jeff Wason, oh, I remember his name. Don't remember what sport we were playing, but for some reason he thought, due to a characteristic of mine, I would benefit the team. I pick Randy, he's fat. Huh. Jeff Wason, I hear his voice every morning in the mirror. <laughs> Randy, you're fat. It's true, we carry around those bad things. But do you carry around the good? Somebody told me after nine, I can't carry around the good. That's your treasure. That's your treasure. 
in my treasure some good words? And I've shared this with you before because my treasure chest is pretty empty. But <laughs> Pastor Schultz, my vicar supervisor, I was probably his 16th vicar. He'd always tell the vicar, listen, the first four months you're with me, you cost me a lot of time. Second four months, I break even. The last four months, you're a benefit to the ministry, and then you leave me. That's what vicars do. And I remember pulling up in his driveway last day, saying goodbye. Tears in my eye. I really grew to love Pastor Schultz. He's leaning over. I got the window open. Andrew's sitting next to me. Pastor Schultz said, Randy, you came the most ill-prepared vicar I've ever had. <laughs> you don't leave the best, but you leave the most improved. When I feel I fail in ministry on days, pull those words out of the treasure chest. Yeah, I can do better. Yeah, I can grow. I did it before, I can do it again. I want you to give some thought this week. Maybe think about some of the bad words you carry around, people have said. Try to get rid of them. I know it's hard. And then pull out some of your treasures. Remember that person. And this week, I want you to think, when you speak ill of somebody, you're speaking of somebody made in the image of God. Oh, they may be flawed, but so are you. Christ died for that person too. Christ speaks to that person too. Your sins are forgiven. I love you. I want you to think about treasured words that you can give to people where they need it. And give those words. And know you're giving them a treasure. They're going to remember you. They're going to remember what you said probably to the day they die. Because words have such power. When I put the sermon together, I had so many Bible verses, and I really was going to talk about a two-point sermon, but I realized it's two sermons. Next week, I want to talk about, because Jesus said, we heard it in the Gospel, but he also said in Matthew 15, but the things that come out of a person's mouth come from the heart, and these defile them. When Jesus says, love your neighbor as yourself, Maybe the reason we speak so ill of other people is our low self-esteem, our inability to accept us, our inability to be happy with who I am. Maybe it's self-talk, always negative. That's what we're going to talk about next week. Maybe it is a heart issue. It's not this two-ounce muscle. It's our hearts. Again, this week, drop some treasures off into people's hearts. Give them something that lasts much longer than just a day. In Jesus' name, amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all human understanding keep our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. We rise to sing the offertory.
even when we sin and gossip. Help us see this sin for what it is, hateful, hurtful, and ultimately sin that separates us from you, Lord. <coughs> Lord, give us a greater affection for you. Help us love you so much that it spills over into everyone we meet. Help us love you so much that the temptation to gossip melts away in the midst of our thankfulness and joy. Help us long to build others up, not tear them down. <clears throat> Today we pray for those grieving the loss of loved ones, the family and friends of Grace Holland. We pray for those facing health concerns, Reverend Milry, Frank, Alexander, Jackie, James, Betty, Linda Christensen, John Morgellon, Michael, Ken, Kira, Ted, Sharon, Jim, Patricia, Baby Kendall, Richard, Keith, Carol, Joe, Evelyn, Greg, Marianne, Myrna, Beth, Dr. Dale Robinson, Ron King, and Linda Hardwin. We pray for those in hospice care at Unruh. We pray for all those in the Middle East at this time of war. We pray for all those serving in the military, police and firefighters, all world leaders to be receptive to godly counsel, prayers of thanksgiving for those celebrating birthdays and anniversaries, our sanctuary altar flowers placed by the Hollis family in celebration of Fred's 95th birthday, and our Saturday sanctuary lectern and chapel flowers placed by the Orba and the Nell families in loving memory of Jack. All this we pray as you have taught us. Thank mm -hmm. you.